Luke chapter 6, verse 43 to 49. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognised by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Please leave your Bibles open there at Luke chapter 6 because it's always good to keep checking what any pastor or preacher is saying. Now as we uh, prepare to hear from God's word, let's pray that God's spirit will guide us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that your spirit would work in our hearts now, that it would guide my words, that it would encourage us to bear good fruit and to live for your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, many years ago, um, I attempted my first spray paint job on a car. Now, it's pretty unusual that that would go well. Uh, The car in question was a little old Corolla. It was going to be Tamara's car, and I painted it the colour of Tamara's choosing, which was Midnight Blue. Now, Midnight Blue is arguably one of the hardest colours that you could possibly paint a car because dark colours reflect every single imperfection. But hey, why start with something easy, right? So I painted that little Corolla, and when it was all done, it looked absolutely wonderful. It looked really, really good, as long as you viewed it from about 20 metres away. (laughs) You see, 20 metres away, all you could see was this deep, dark blue colour that's shined. But get any closer, and you could see all of the imperfections, and there was plenty to see. In uh, the book of Mark, Jesus encountered a fig tree that was a lot like that paint job. In Mark chapter 11, uh, Jesus and his disciples were heading out of the town of Bethany. And as they did this, Jesus was really hungry. And as they travelled out of Bethany, they came upon a fig tree in the distance. And this fig tree was in leaf. It had leaves on it. It looked really good from a distance. And as Jesus went over to see if it had any fruit, he found that there was no fruit at all. It only had leaves. 
because it wasn't the season for figs. And so Jesus, well, he cursed the fig tree. He said, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Now, I don't know about you, but I've read that story many times and I've wondered, why curse a fig tree when it isn't the time for figs? Well, apparently, fig trees often actually uh, brought figs, grew figs during the wrong season, and it's considered a delicacy. But the sign that a tree was going to produce figs is that it would be in leaf. So from a distance, this tree, as Jesus saw it, will have bore all the signs of life and good fruit. From a distance, it looked wonderful. But as Jesus got closer, he saw that what appeared to be a productive tree was worthless. And so he cursed that tree and commanded that it never bear fruit again. Jesus brought judgment on that tree. In this morning's passage, Jesus is still preaching to a large crowd out of the level ground, a large crowd of his disciples. And in the verses they're looking at this morning, he's talking to them, but also to us, about producing good fruit and building our salvation on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. Now, like the fig tree, our salvation, uh, like the fig tree that Jesus encountered, there's always a danger for us to uh, look healthy from a distance. That we too can put on a facade that makes everyone else feel as though we've got it all together, as though we're healthy, while inwardly we are struggling away. Like the fig tree, the Christian who isn't growing in the Lord isn't staying in the one spot but backsliding. Unless we are regularly feeding on God's word, unless we are seeking to be shaped by his will, unless we are growing our love for those who don't know him, well, we have reason to be concerned about the condition of our hearts. This morning, we are being warned that it makes no difference how good we look from a distance. It makes no difference what other people think of us from the outside because God already knows our hearts. So in verses uh, 43 to 45, Jesus warns us that those who belong to him bear good fruit. Now these verses, Jesus warning us that not everyone who says that they are a follower of Jesus are what they say they are. Now in Matthew 25, Jesus spoke about this same thing in different terms. There he called them sheep and goats. And the reason uh, Jesus was addressing this was because there were many people in those days who claimed to be a follower of Jesus, but whose heart had not been affected by his message. They may have attempted external makeovers. They may have tried to put on a good facade, but the transformation had not affected their heart. And sadly, that is still common today. In verse 43, Jesus says, no good tree bears bad fruit, 
nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Now, the word translated good in the original language is the Greek word kalos. Now, kalos refers to uh, the good being a sense of attractiveness. They are attractive to others. This fruit that Jesus speaks about as good is good in the sense that it draws others to itself, while the word translated bad is sapra, which is, means worthless. The bad fruit is worthless. It has no value at all. But of course, Jesus wasn't giving horticultural lessons in these verses. He is giving us an image or a word picture of what those whose hearts have been changed by the gospel look like. They are attractive. But hang on, you might say. Isn't the Christian church all around the world persecuted? Well, yes, it is. Isn't our secular culture resistant to our Christian beliefs and sometimes even hostile? Well, yes, it is. How could Jesus be calling those who trust in him to be attractive? Well, the reason is that the gospel is far more attractive than we often give it credit for. The gospel changes hearts and gives hope to those who don't have hope. Now, not everyone, of course, will be attracted by the good news of Jesus. But Jesus is encouraging those who follow him to bear good fruit, to reflect the hope that they have been given, to attract others to themselves. Not in their own strength, but through the work of the Holy Spirit. The good fruit is attractive because it reflects the love of our Saviour as we interact with his word and his people because of what he has done for us. But the bad fruit, well, it's worthless because there's been no change of heart. It might look okay from a distance, like the first orange that Julia showed that had a few uh, imperfections on it. You could easily see the second orange was no good. The first orange had a few imperfections, but at first it looked okay, didn't it? It wasn't until closer inspection that you could see the problems. Bad fruit does not have God's spirit working in them. And it's God's spirit that makes all the difference. This bad fruit is unattractive because it has nothing more than a pious facade. It has no more hope than those who don't trust in Jesus. It looks good from 20 metres away, but the closer you get, the more you see that it has no life in it. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Our actions are not separate from our heart condition. How we act is closely tied to our heart condition. Now, I don't want you to hear me say that we will always get it right if we follow Jesus. But our actions are not separated from our heart condition. Our trust in and fear of the Lord will be displayed in the way we speak, the way we act, 
how we care for each other and how we love. Not in a perfect way, but that is how we will see it displayed through our actions and through our words and also through our priorities. So in these verses, Jesus is warning us to check our hearts, to check our motives, not just how we appear to others, not just making sure we put on a good show, so that we might be attractive to those who don't yet know Jesus. And what attracts others is God's Spirit working in our hearts and the good news of Jesus. We must never forget that that is where the power is. In verses 46 to 49, Jesus warns us that those who belong to him build their faith deep in the rock of their salvation. Now in these verses, Jesus expands on his image of good fruit and bad fruit by describing the two different foundations that these two different types of fruit are built on. And Jesus is doing this to show us that the underlying condition of all this is our hearts. Our heart condition is more important than our outward appearance. Now, in Matthew's account of these same verses, Jesus says in chapter 7, verse 22, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now we all know some incredibly lovely, friendly, kind people who do not trust in the Lord. I'm friends with lots of lovely non-Christian people, which shows that people are able to be nice without having a changed heart. However, we know from Scripture that no one is able to be truly good without a changed heart. No one is able to be completely perfect. But people certainly can and often do put on a very convincing facade. So convincing that in those verses that I just read, Jesus said some of these people who had cried out, Lord, Lord, had even performed miracles and driven out demons. And yet Christ says, I do not know them. This is not what it means to hear Jesus' words and to put them into practice. Jesus goes on to say that he isn't referring to what good things we might do to impress God and others, but to serving Christ because of what he has done for us. If our actions don't come from the solid foundation of what Christ has done for us and is instead in what we do, then our actions are bad fruit. They are worthless. Regardless of how pious they look, how kind and how gracious, they are worthless. The one who builds their hope on the solid rock, on the good news of salvation through Jesus and what he did for us when he died in our place and rose again, 
the hope that is built on that good news is able to weather any storm and not just weather the storm but grow in the Lord through that storm. Faith like that is certain hope. It is incredibly attractive because it offers hope far beyond anything anyone else in this world has to offer. The more our changed hearts bear good fruit because of what Jesus has done and is doing in our hearts, the more others will be drawn to the church. And when I say the church, I don't mean the building that I'm standing in now. That's just four walls and a roof. I'm talking about the people, the congregation. The church doesn't need big rivals, revivals and huge crusades. We don't need programs to bring people into the church. The church simply needs to draw near to Jesus, to seek to be bearers of good fruit, to soften our hearts to God's word and his call on our lives. Because the fruit of someone who's built their hope on the rock of our salvation is far more attractive than any hollow or unfulfilling thing this world has to offer. Those shiny things that look good, but when we get them, we realise they're not all they cracked up to be. They look good from 20 metres away, but the closer we get, they just cannot fulfil our need. We see people all around us, lovely people, building their hope on the sand, searching for hope where it cannot be found. And from a worldly perspective, they're often even considered wise. But to God, they are foolish. Because anything material in this world can be taken away at any time. The reputations that we've spent our lives building up, all those learnt skills that we find our identity in, can be taken away in a moment. But those who have built their hope in the sand, well, in, in those times they will be left with nothing. Regardless of how impressive their success may be from a worldly perspective. Jesus is giving us a profoundly serious warning here to check our hearts, to make sure that our hope is built on the rock of our salvation. In every church, there will be those who have been going to church all their lives, yet whose hearts have not been changed by the good news of Jesus. In every church, there will be people who are trying to please God by their own good works or to serve him in their own strength. And their lives look wonderful from 20 metres away. This morning we are being challenged to check our hearts and ask ourselves, have our, has our hearts been changed by the good news of Jesus? Is his spirit working in us, making our lives attractive to those who don't have hope? Are we bearing good fruit in keeping with repentance? The good news of Jesus is attractive if it, if it is being displayed in our lives. 
through how we love and care for God's people and how we treat those who don't know him and how we prioritise our time and our possessions and our resources. Do we as individuals and as a congregation have a heart for the lost? Is the good news of Jesus affecting our actions and our decisions? Is it growing in us a desire to see many more come to Christ? Or do we gravitate towards feeling comfortable and safe? Would we rather safeguard the way we have always done things? Has tradition become more important to us than what those traditions represent? What does our fruit look like? Is it attractive? Or has it started to go stale? The church exists to serve Christ and to be in relationship with Christ. Our mission, the mission that Christ gave to his people, to the church, is the Great Commission. It is to be attractive to those who don't know Christ. Not because we are like them, but because of the hope that Christ has established through his Holy Spirit in our hearts because of the hope we have to offer. The good news that brings life to the lost, the good news that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The good news that our debt, the debt that our sin incurred, has been paid by God himself dying on the cross in our place. And this morning, Jesus is warning us to bear good fruit in keeping with this good news, to live attractive lives as individuals and to be attractive as a congregation. And it's not because of anything we do that this attractiveness happens. It's because of God's work in our heart. Now, this season is very different. Our normal gatherings are very different. May we not long for normal more than we want to live for Jesus. This morning, may we not hear God's word say to us, as you were or as you are, and go about our business as usual. May our hearts be challenged and shaped by God's word. Jesus is challenging us to do a heart check to make sure that his word and his spirit is being displayed in every area of our lives, that we haven't shut off areas or that we haven't kept him out of certain parts of our lives. The bad tree that Jesus spoke about has bad fruit because it has heart disease and heart disease leads to death. But the good tree has good fruit because its heart has been healed. The good news of Jesus is attractive. It is hope in an otherwise hopeless world. It is life in a world that only leads to death. The closer you get to somebody, 
in whom the Holy Spirit is working in their lives. The closer that you get to somebody who is bearing good fruit, the more you are attracted to them. Because you can clearly see through them the love of Christ working in their lives. Let's pray. Father God, we pray this morning that you would work in each of our hearts, that you would convict us of the areas in our lives that we have not yet submitted to your will for our lives. We pray that we would display the love of Christ Jesus in the way we speak to each other, the way we serve each other, the way we serve in our community and interact in our businesses. Lord, we pray that you would help us to bear good fruit in keeping with the hope you have given us through Christ Jesus. Lord, as those forgiven, may we live as forgiven. For those with hope, may we live as those with hope. Help us to prioritise the hope that we have far beyond the fleeting things of this age. Make us attractive to those in this dying world who need this hope as well. Lord, we pray that you would use us, Lord, for your kingdom and for your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen.